Hi, and welcome to Sustainability Explored. This is a podcast where every week I explore one topic through interviews with the most disruptive minds in sustainability. We will be turning their experiences from behind the scenes into actionable advice that you can implement regardless of where you are in your life or in your profession or what's your background. My name is Anna. I am an environmentalist, sustainability consultant, and the host of this very show. Today with me, I have a very special lady. Finally, the first Ukrainian on my show, 15 months after I started this podcast. Olesa Lane, uh, she's based in the UK now. She is a fashion stylist, entrepreneur, uh, founder of the slowfashionbus.co.uk, upcycling and mending atelier, a true sustainability advocate. Olesa is helping open-minded women to express themselves, save a small fortune and be joyful by teaching how to upcycle and mend their clothes. I'm very excited she joins us today. In fact, she's already waiting in the waiting room to start our interview. If you're still not subscribed, this is your moment to, to fix this issue. And once you're ready, let's jump right into our interview. As I said, we have a, an amazing lady and amazingly insightful interview coming up. Olesia, I'm super happy you join us today. Uh, how are you doing? Hello, everyone. Hello, Anna. Thank you for having me. Uh, everything is great. Yeah, busy, of course. Uh, a lot of things are going on. We have, I think it's 21st, 27th of September. It's uh, National Recycle Week. Oh, that's very good to know. So we're jumping in the topic of our interview. I have already introduced you a little bit in the intro. I've said that you are my first Ukrainian on the show and that you're based in the UK right now. We will be talking, as you have rightfully mentioned, about upcycling, mending, slow fashion, fast fashion, and what can we do collectively and individually to fix the problem, at least, you know, try to do so. Can you tell us, and this is something I always start my interviews with, about your background. What was that event or series of events that motivated you, pushed to connect your life with fashion, textiles, and creativity in that regard? My path was a long one. Well, what to do, that's fine. Uh, my first upcycling project was around 25 years ago when I took my dad's top and I chopped it into pieces and I made a nice top for myself. I was very excited. I loved it. And uh, later on, I was making handbags from my mom's old bags and I was making jewelry from bits and pieces. I was embroidering my jeans with beads, uh, all different types of things. And I was making soft toys from fabric scraps, I can call them. So, yeah, it was a lot about creativity, having fun and enjoying the process and expressing myself. I didn't know a lot about uh, sustainability or environmental issues at that time. I just was having fun and I was working with all things that I had already in the house. So I was reinventing them, basically. Fast forward maybe around 10 years ago, that's the time when I was living in the Middle East. 
I noticed consumerism was very vivid there. I was kind of taking part in it as well. I, yeah, I have to admit. And then we moved to the UK a few years ago and I noticed a lot of charity shops here. So this prompted me to do some research and then I just was unpleasantly surprised about what's going on. I'm now sitting in Turkey in a super small village. We're on holidays, last week of holidays. Super small village called Mahmutlar for anyone who might be familiar, maybe. Lovely. So there is the sea, 100 meters from me, the promenade, so the, the bank of the sea. And there is one street. So it's, it's a tiny, tiny place. Mm -hmm. One main street where everything is located. Uh, let's say you walk four intersections and on every intersection, there is one um, close recycling bin. This is one mm. of the, yes, this is one of the, you know, staggering things that I noticed first. The second one, if, if you're curious, was the um, bin for collecting the breads. I still don't know what they do with them. With them. They look like garbage bins, but then there is a picture of bread and sweet breads on them. And every time I open out of curiosity, there is bread. So maybe for homeless, no idea, but close. So every intersection in a tiny village in the south of Turkey has the clothes mm -hmm. collecting bin. Mm -hmm. Where does it, what's, what is the problem with collecting the clothes here? Because it seems to me that, you know, as my Canadian master thesis supervisor would say, you know, when the problem is on the table, we are all talking about it, we discuss, it is the problem. When we hide it under the table, it's kind of okay, you know? So those beans collecting outdated uh, clothes, unwanted even, maybe not outdated, yeah. look to me like let's hide the problem where yes. do these things go from here what do you think what do you know exactly this is exactly what it is uh, let's hide the problem or let's pretend we are doing something i would call it like that because as an example here in the uk only 30 percent of all collected and donated clothing through these collection bins or charity shops only 30% is being sold in UK charity shops. 30% is not that much. And the rest is being exported to <clears throat> Eastern Europe, uh, Africa to be sold on secondhand markets. And recently, nobody wants this clothing because it's of low quality, it's fast fashion. And of course, nobody wants to wear it after someone else the seams are breaking and the fabric quality is really really bad and I understand that this is right and just because we are buying something and we wear it only once or even don't wear at all only because of that you know people will have to deal with that i don't think that this is right and actually i'm not sure if we can call these beans recycling beans because only 1% of all donated, discarded clothes can be recycled, actually, in a factory. Recycled in a proper, you know, manufacturing way. Mm -hmm. Why? It's just because the way it's made, the fabric quality is very low. It's really, really difficult. Uh, there are mixed fabrics. It's really rare when you can find, let's say, wool, pure wool. Uh, that, yeah, the, and 
there should be some threads as well, wool and, and all, all, all details. It all should be also wool. So it all can be recycled. The same with cotton. If it's cotton garment and it's stitched with polyester threads, no, it's going to be really, really difficult, almost impossible. So all those details are taken into consideration. Right. So yeah, all those collection bins is something like we are doing something, but actually it's not really helpful as we yeah, think. So basically when we are donating something, the problem is just yeah. out of our sight. And then yeah. it is up to us, again, extended consumer responsibility in mm -hmm. a way to educate ourselves on do we really need that many clothes? Do we yeah. really use all of our wardrobe? And when we are donating, asking actually ourselves proactively, if I would receive this for free, would I wear it? If the mm -hmm. answer is no, then... I don't even know what to do, what to do next. But I know you came up with the very interesting solution, which is upcycling and mending, making the clothes garment cool again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah. us more yeah. about slow fashion bus, how the idea was born, what's going on right now. I know that you have lots of exciting stories to share. Yeah, yeah, it's a story, my, my story, story of my life, I can call it. Slow Fashion Bus was born when I had an idea to go around the UK on a sewing gig. And during this gig, I would meet people, I would talk about fast fashion harm, I would show them a few basic stitches, I would show them how to mend clothing, I would show them how to upcycle, a few tricks maybe, you know. Yeah, and to go on a tour, I need some sort of transport. So bus for me was kind of like an old-fashioned bus, and I would be sitting on this bus going around the country. So it's like some sort of fun. And slow fashion, it's also this bit slow as opposed to fast fashion. Because for me, fast is an indication of speed with which a garment enters our household and then it leaves. So slow fashion bus is some sort of opposition to fast fashion. I started teaching people how to mend and upcycle here in the UK, and I really loved it. It was just at the point in my life when I was thinking, either I'm going to the college and study environmental protection, or the second option was uh, mental wellness or counseling. So we're thinking what to do, you know, kids are growing and I need to keep me busy. And then I thought, yeah, not going to happen. And my creative voice was so loud. So I just thought, yeah, I'm going to teach sewing and upcycling because I love it and because of environment and because of mental wellness impact. And, you know, all this came together. So I just planned my first class and I loved it and people loved it. And it just, yeah, how it started. I loved it. <laughs> you know, in a, in a way, it's a miracle, but you combine the two without yeah. actually going through the formal education. Yeah, I, I often ask my guests, working really in the hardcore environmental spheres, formal education or fieldwork, learning by doing or academia. And, you know, there we, we don't unite. Some mm -hmm. say, I don't know if I would be here without my degree, but I would say like 
close to 80%, 75% of people would say, you know, experience, 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 uh, beat all. So in a way, you combine both because there are new studies showing uh, the connection of our handmade crafts, crafting, Mm -hmm. to the improvement of wellness, well-being, uh, mental health as well. How do people take the idea? I recalled the previous interview I had early February this year with this fashion consultant, eco-fashion mm-hmm. consultant, something like that, Claudia Sherakovsky. We were talking about a reusing of the clothes and she said, well, when you're going to the hotel and you're sleeping on the bed sheets that were mm-hmm. washed for you, you're not demanding new bed sheets. No one demands yeah. every time the new bed sheets. It's the same thing, you know, you just use it for a while yeah. and uh, someone else uses it after you. I think we were talking about the wardrobe for rent. How do people take, in your case, upcycled clothes, mended clothes? Do they see it as something they would actually wear? Or they say, you know, a nice way to express creativity, but I I better leave it at home. How do they take it? Of course, there are some people that are against and they are a little bit, you know, trying to stay away from this. But I know a lot of people, they love handmade they love vintage, pre-loved, and uh, they don't mind buying uh, upcycled clothing, upcycled accessories, because it's unique. You're going to have only one item, specially made for you with the attention, positive vibes, and you know, good quality. It's not like it will be made by someone in a sweatshop with very low salary, Uh, in a very bad condition. So this is also really, really important. And yes, I understand. If you're donating clothes to a charity shop, then you should be ready yourself to wear something like that that was donated or given away. This is how I think at the moment we have, it was mentioned in one of our programs, at the moment we have on the planet clothes enough for the next six generations. That's unbelievable. And I was thinking, yeah, my calculations, modest calculations, assumptions were around 10, 20 years, but here we go, six generations. It's absolutely crazy. And in the UK, we have 600,000 tons of clothing discarded every year. So yeah, this is something we need to work on, I think, yeah. I noticed you used a very interesting word, pre-loved. Yeah. Yeah. So even the language here can change the perception. You see, I didn't notice it before. And now you said pre-loved. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It it made me think uh, while we were talking, when my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, uh, we were going through the cupboards, through the clothes wardrobe, Mm -hmm. and I found a a winter hat, not just a male hat. I tried it and I wear, it's the only hat I wear. And you know, I feel his presence all the time. I don't care that it's a male hat. It's really exactly what you said, pre-loved. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about wardrobe for rent? It's good idea as well. Yeah, definitely. If you have some event coming your way and you know, some important occasion, and if you don't want to wear something that you, were before and you don't have time or you don't have 
wish to upcycle and turn something plain into something nice, then definitely you can go for it. It's it's really good idea renting clothing now, and it's becoming more and more popular. Yeah, I'm I'm about to take a, a project that will for six months require mm -hmm. me going from time to time to the ministries, banks, and other quite boring institutions. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I don't even have an a, a, an outfit to to do All this. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was uh, curious. All of a sudden, I had this idea, what if I take it for rent? Some, mm -hmm. some of those things, when yeah. I know I have a, an appointment or a meeting coming up. Yeah. And, you know, in Ukraine, we have um, the service called Oh My Look, and they just started this subscription wardrobe. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be the first one of the first ones to, to test it. So I also thought it was a wonderful idea. Your business model changed uh, as well this year. And due to coronavirus crisis, you went online. Tell me a little bit about that turn and what's going on in that field. How is it possible to teach people to sew, mend and upcycle online? Everything is possible. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was a challenge, you know. As I planned my sewing gig around the UK in April, and then all this situation happened, and I booked classes up to April, and then I had to cancel some, some of them starting from end of March. Yeah, it's like the end of my life, really, because I couldn't do what I love. And then for a couple of weeks, I was thinking and sitting and I don't know, thinking what to do. And I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel because things were getting worse. So I thought, okay, let me do something. And, you know, I had previous experience in my career when I was writing procedures and policies for big companies. And now I just had to write a procedure, some sort of, you know, tutorial uh, for something that I love. It didn't really seem to me that big task, really. It was so easy and I enjoyed that. So I created a few tutorials and I created an online course and I shoot a few videos and put five working sheets for each lesson, included a lot of interesting information about color seasons because people, when they are going through their uh, wardrobes, uh, color season, it's also something that needs to be uh, taken into account. If you buy something and the color doesn't suit you, you're not gonna wear it. So yeah, this is also one of the aspects. So yeah, so I put everything together and uh, had to work on my website myself, which was okay. I had it done, I'm really pleased with it. Yeah, it was a bit difficult at the beginning, but just, yeah, the way I did it, and I really love it. And I have an opportunity to connect with people, not just in my local community and invite people to come to my class, but also from Australia, United States, Europe. So it's really great. Wow. I noticed one of your recent LinkedIn posts. I started following you, and I saw a post about Chanel jacket. Yeah, yeah. That was upcycled in a way and sued that way that it really reminded the Chanel classic uh, jacket. I know that people react on the streets when you're wearing your clothes. Tell me a mm -hmm. bit about that experience. It's something to do with me being joyful as well. 
but joyful in the way that I prompt people uh, to talk to me. So when I go out to town center or if we go for a ride with my husband and take kids out, so I make sure that I dress in the way that people notice my clothes and they talk to me. And this is a chance for me to explain what's happening with clothing, explain what I do with my clothing. As an example, this pinna for dress, I bought it in 2013. And then now, if I look at it, it's gloomy, doomy gray. And then after having two kids, I had to add two panels to make it a bit wider, not so tight. So this is just, you know, what you can do by simply replacing buttons to colorful ones. This were here gray buttons and I put colorful ones and these are patches, hand sewn. So you don't need the sewing machine to do upcycles. And I added bright pockets as well. So this is just one of the examples. And when I walk out and about, people notice me, people ask me, oh, that's nice. And I say, yeah, I upcycle it. And you know, when you take things to a charity shop, this is what happens. And it takes 7,000 gallons of water to produce one pair of jeans. And you know, and people sometimes get shocked. Right. right. But for me, it's just a chance to spread my message and raise awareness. Yeah, the numbers you share right now in this episode yeah. with me are mind-blowing, you know. It's it's quite hard to imagine whatever gallon of water, but when yeah. you think this pair of jeans is last season, what other people say, it has been, uh, yeah. let me replace it, you know, someone else will use it. No one will use it, it's gonna stay on this planet forever. Yeah, you're going to buy almost the same pair of jeans because pair of jeans is pair of jeans. You know, here you are wearing low waist or, uh, you know, high waist, whatever. You're going to buy almost something similar. So why not to upcycle this pair of jeans and, you know, be a little bit more environmentally friendly? This is coming from, uh, I'm really interested for myself. Jeans is really something that I throw away every maybe five years because they lose the butt area, they lose their um, homogeneity. Ha, see? <laughs> Scientists talk. <laughs> How, oh, yeah. How can I reuse the legs part? What can mm -hmm. I do with that? Do you have any applicable advice? Yes, I saw uh, one good idea recently. You can tie a knot at the bottom and you know put a bottle of wine in it and use it as a wine bottle carrier or something you can make a handbag handbag out of it so there are a lot of usage ideas for this actually people make pillowcases cushion covers sitting pads for chairs as well so yeah but i would suggest to patch the jeans and wear them as jeans still it will look funky mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's a great idea <laughs> When you said people approach you and you use it as kind of a way yeah. to, to share your message, that also reminded me of a good friend of mine who is sitting in the middle of Ukraine in a city called Melitopol. She started to educate herself on the zero waste lifestyle. So she's carrying mm -hmm. spider bags to the shops. Uh, she is completely, she has completely refused the smaller transparent bags that we use for mm -hmm. fruits, veggies, and so on. She brings her own colorful, yeah. perfectly reusable uh, little bags. 
people meet her, greet her, applaud her. Uh, the sellers on the bazaar, on the market already recognize her in the supermarkets. It's a small town. In the supermarkets, oh, we remember you. No bags. I understand. No problem. <laughs> Really? And when she meets new people, recently she had a story, she, there was a guy coming her way, it was like, oh, uh, and she, she had two her daughters in her hands. So she was walking with all of that, with all her own stuff and things she bought. And he says, wow, we should, uh, we should put a statue in your name. You are caring about uh, environment so much. And she says, I don't need a statue. The, the, best thing, the best thing you can do is to follow my example. That will be my biggest award. And this yeah. is exactly what you share, what you say, you know. Yes, nice, thanks for the compliments about how I look. But <laughs> here is the message I want to pass on. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, definitely, that's the best thing, yeah. How is it going right now with the COVID, non-COVID lockdown? Do you, do you still do the um, offline events? What's going on in the community? Offline, face-to-face -face, uh, classes, not really. I do some meetings, uh, some sort of, you know, at home, at my place. And uh, once people are back from the holidays, I'll probably put a poster if anyone wants a one-to-one -one session in my uh, local community i'm happy to do that because you know town halls they put uh, very uh, high requirements that are really difficult to fulfill when i want to rent a meeting room in the town center so at this point i don't want to get into this just to make things complicated for me so i'd rather see people one-to-one -one in my house than go and have classes so yeah it's just easier that way and what's online, I'm always happy to uh, give classes, uh, consultations online. And what's the plan? How the business is going to grow? What do you envision for the future? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I started working on a book. Also, it's like one of the lockdown changes. And this book will be uh, having a few projects for upcycling. Uh, of course, facts in between the lines for people it's not going to be all theory, scientific evidence, but in between the lines, if I'm going to put facts and tell nice stories, then yeah, I think it will be better. And then how to look after your clothing and uh, tips. So just something really nice and useful. How to extend life of clothing, look after clothing. Yeah, this sort of thing. You should let us know when the book is out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since we're on this topic, what would you suggest or recommend to read to educate ourselves on the clothing, the impact our wardrobes have on the planet? There are a few documentaries that I watched. One of them is just a very well-known one, is The True Cost. It's called The True Cost. It's about clothing and how it's been discarded and how it's been produced. So it's really sad and also a tragedy that took place in Rana Plaza. It's absolutely, you know, unbelievable that, you know, it could happen. And unfortunately, it's still going on. Workers' conditions really didn't improve that much, but this is something we need to work on. Unfortunately, the governments are not interested. The companies who are having these clothes productions there are not interested as well. So the only power now lies with the customer 
this is something that we can do. Start with going for 200 days uh, without buying new clothes. Uh, I have a campaign called 200 days that matter, hashtag 200 days that matter. You can buy pre-loved vintage. And of course, if you need a pair of new pairs of socks, you can go for it. But clothing just, you know, in general, pre-loved or vintage and don't go for anything new. And of course, we have Christmas coming. It's the time when everybody wants a new Christmas jumper. But trust me, nobody remembers what jumper you were wearing last year. So go for it and wear the same jumper from last year and do something good for the environment. All these Christmas jumpers, they're ending up in charity shops again, unfortunately. So yeah, 200 days that matter. Do your bit. It's going to be fun. Do it together with your friends and family. Find solutions out of your situations, difficult situations, as, as you might think difficult. Mend, upcycle, and I have even a tutorial, uh, basic projects for upcycling. Uh, they are like 30 minutes up to one hour projects, but the results are really, really good. And they will surprise you. <laughs> yeah, you remind me, I go clothes shopping every maybe five years. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe it's the Soviet poor childhood, but it's in my mind. You know, I have to wear it till the last moment, till the end. Mm -hmm. And even after that, my mentality works in a way. Oh wait, I took this—I uh, don't know—this blues to Brazil. All the memories are inside. Oh, but I wore it on my graduation day as well. You know, yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. I was wearing this thing, it looks like it looks horrible, but I cannot let go. This yeah, is memory. my relationship was close. Yeah, a lot of memories are attached with things. Yeah, so something worth keeping. Yeah, especially if it's uh, from someone that you you know you love or someone that is no longer with us. Definitely, it's something worth keeping. <laughs> Another thing you said, uh, no one will remember which jumper you wore last Christmas. <laughs> Another curious story from me. Uh, when I was a student in Kiev, and during my bachelor, I remember one particularly terrible year when I couldn't find any extra, any job to do after classes. So uh, money was tight. I was walking uh, to the university from my house, even in the winters, 40, 50 minutes on foot, same back, and I was wearing only one pair of jeans throughout the whole year. I didn't even have um, a skirt, and I was feeling terrible. I thought everyone noticed, and everyone was secretly judging me behind my back. So finally, we graduated. Uh, years afterwards, I spoke to my classmate over the glass of wine. Do you remember this? Do you remember that? And I was like, oh my God, probably. Do you remember I was wearing one pair of jeans in autumn, spring, winter, and a little bit in the summer? Like all the year, you know, all the seasons. I was wearing mm -hmm. just one pair of jeans, hoping over the weekend it will dry. And she said, mm, nope. And she was my best friend, you know, no one cared, no one yeah. even noticed because they were so busy with themselves. It's yeah. amazing, you know, and yeah. It's so, our know, mindset, yeah, our mindset, yeah. <laughs> I was 
cycling and rotating on it nine months for nine months can you imagine like everybody knows oh my god again the next day i'm still wearing the same i was only changing the tops as much as i could but that was life at that point of time and Mm -hmm. speaking of christmas presents i'm getting more and more convinced that the best time we can the best present we could give our friends families whoever else is our time is our time and presence yeah definitely yeah spend some time together time experiences yeah but not something like you go and get something you know from a shop that everybody will buy and it's not so personal it's not personal touch kind of thing if you know what i mean yeah speaking of presents i'm making hand warmers from sweaters now and they're gonna be really nice presents for christmas by the way wow yes look at that they're really good for people who have like blood circulation problems they have always you know cold hands cold feet and they are uh, leg warmers i can make leg warmers as well and but now i have just hand warmers different colors uh, different patterns so so they're really nice this is my problem by the way too especially with feet so i'm definitely going to your etsy shop i can send you one yeah i will buy it because i like to treat handmade labor fairly oh yeah 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 another question you know i was just curious speaking of the um, upcycling of your own clothes not those that you not those that you get in charity shops or from Mm -hmm. those donation bags i noticed that things get mentally old at some Mm -hmm. point so if i am redoing let's say i'm taking the old dress and i'm making a pillowcase out of it it still reminds me of an old dress and i know that i am mentally tired of it is there any way to change that mentality that mindset or does it really become a different piece of stuff that maybe it might change the perception maybe it's worth adding color to this dress than just to brighten it up a little bit you know color I, I was doing quite a lot of research about colors and uh, our mental wellness and how it all affects us. And yes, the clothes that we wear every day, it affects us a lot. And even people see us differently if we wear something bright or if we wear something grayish, uh, brownish and all those beige things, you know. So probably if this dress is not the color that you like, Adding some color, adding colorful buttons might be good. Adding some bright ribbons might be good. And it will probably hide an idea that it was a dress before. Right. Yeah, because I think, I think the, the problem we are having is rather in the head. It's not out mm-hmm. of a bad feeling that people discard their stuff. At the yeah. first stage, it's badly made decision didn't try it while in the shop by the way in the corona time i i don't think it's even happening anymore Mm -hmm. so didn't try missed out on the on the color or the shade yeah and you know it was a poorly made decision in the first place Mm -hmm. money Mm -hmm. was spent then you feel like you were obliged to wear it to return on that investment in a way Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. at the end it just 
it's in the wardrobe and no one needs it anyway, even after you donate it. So there is a vicious circle. Yeah. I think it's yeah. hidden in the head in the, in the first place. Yeah, there was a nice quote that I came across recently. It says that before packing your unwanted clothes to give away, you need to unwant all those clothes when you want to buy it, when you think you want to buy it. So when you try buying something, just unwant everything before buying it. It's just about probably impulsive buying, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to do less of this, definitely. You can treat yourself if you think you need shopping therapy, if you think so. Uh, it's not going to make you happy. And especially now with all those restrictions, uh, no fitting room and there is huge distance and you have to wait. It's not going to be shopping therapy. It's going to put more pressure on your mental uh, wellness and you don't need that. If you want to treat yourself, go out to the nature and meet friends, you know, do something that you like, have a hobby, uh, do something creative. This is, will help, really. You just reminded me of, a, of another kind of a side effect of the mm -hmm. clothing and garments. I recently took a coaching session to discuss my grignotage, eating, eating a little bit, breaking in between the, the meals, like, why do I eat? Why do I eat sweets? I don't even want sweets. Why do I drink coffee? I don't even like coffee, you know. I, I don't. I like the smell of it, but I don't like drinking coffee. I don't need it. And we were talking, we were going through these reflections. And in the middle of it, I realized that I compensate. I exhaust myself with work during the day. And I feel like I deserve a reward. So I'm going for a sweet. I'm like, you did a great job today. You deserve something. So while sitting on the same spot, I reach to, to grab a chocolate or something like that. Mm -hmm. With clothes, it's probably the same. If you're buying uh, relentlessly, spontaneously, and sporadically, without any plan, without even realizing if it suits you, yeah. that's probably a good thing to do is to look into coaching and see what you are compensating for. I realized with just 60 minutes, but I realized so many interesting things about myself and my relationship with food. Maybe yeah. the next thing is close. And what do you think? Maybe it's a good idea to, for everyone out there uh, to use the services of a stylist professional mm -hmm. to go through your kind of map of style, what kind of person you are, what mm -hmm. kind of events you attend most of all, your color palette. Yeah, maybe yeah. this is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. It's a good idea to reassess everything because, you know, when we do shopping, in most cases, we don't think. We just, oh, it's time to do shopping. And then uh, we don't think either if there's event coming and we will need something to wear or if we spend a lot of time in the office we need something formal or we wear mostly in informal so yeah a lot of those things need to be taken into consideration and uh, yes compensating for something definitely because for me it's something like addiction and we think that uh, shopping will make us happy this particular skirt or this dress it will make me happy but uh, this is just short-term fix you know you get excited like first 10 minutes when you own the dress 
and then it goes because all those advertisements they're designed in the way that they make us believe that this will make us happy and then it just wishes circle and we spend we spend we spend again and again but what we need to do is just to stop and rethink all of this go through our wardrobes and do reevaluation. if we need the professional help definitely go for it because you're gonna do it once and it's investment and you will save a lot later on and you won't make those not planned purchases that uh, will result in a mistake some mistake can be expensive as well so yeah it's definitely something to think about if you feel that you are drowning you cannot cope just go for it and sort it out once and for all and it, it's gonna be really really helpful seems like it gives a short dopamine push yeah dopamine and then it just drowns energy from you on the longer yeah. run yeah. and then you end up like all this clothes and then you find out that you don't have really time to wear it all and it sits in the back of the wardrobe and ends up in a charity shop unfortunately such a deep topic this fashion and <laughs> yeah that's true it's yeah. the third time i'm approaching it from a different angle yeah. last yeah. session what to do then we had a, a uk-based startup post-carbon lab that integrates mm -hmm. algae threads into oh, the wow. textile yes and that by wearing your t-shirt or dress you're purifying air around you now we're diving deep into mending and upcycling and my head is still full of thoughts and you by the way added some new thoughts today i see yeah. we're already touching on the psychology well-being yeah. mental health compensation and overcompensation but to wrap yeah. it up for today what would be your three to five takeaways the guests should walk away with and try maybe consider implementing today the first one uh, of course try to go for 200 days if you don't want to do 200 uh, start at least with one month or let's make it 100 days and see how you feel and with the time you will feel very very liberated from this uh, habit of buying things that you don't really need so then i would suggest some people do it some people don't i have summer clothes and winter clothes and in summer i pack away winter clothes so i don't wear it out my clothes just doesn't sit in the cupboard you know getting dust on it and you know i protect it and i pack it away and that's it and i don't see my sweaters and in september i'm gonna unpack all my sweaters and they will look to me and like new so it's something new that i haven't seen for six months you know and i will be happy to wear them so you can try doing it as well and mending you can try to mend upcycling as well upcycling is a good thing to do when you have something small for you to wear or something big or change the style if you want to make some dress look like you know something to wear for special occasion it's also possible everything is possible and if you really need to buy something make sure you buy something of good quality check the fabrics check seams because instead of buying three cheap items buy something good looking with classic style something that is a bit more expensive but it will be your investment 
if you buy one woolen jumper, it will last you longer, but you just need to protect it from moth and make sure you use a proper washing cycle. So these are just simple, simple tips to follow to make sure that your clothes last longer and you enjoy wearing it. Yeah. It's all about joy, actually, yeah, and how you feel while wearing it. Exactly. I noticed this joyfulness in, in everything you do, in everything you share, and even how you speak and write. Yeah. It's <laughs> joy. So that's a very good point. Pre-loved, close, and joyfulness. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would add my, maybe one little point. If possible, shop locally from local brands, local mm -hmm. little workshops, to also yeah. help the local economy instead of actually harming the economy and the societies and the communities, as you mentioned, somewhere in Bangladesh, Rana Plaza. Yeah. Right. Olesa, yeah. thank you so much. It was a great interview. I got super inspired. Next thing I'm gonna do today slash tomorrow, I'm gonna look for stylists that will help me rediscover my personal style because I changed as a person many times throughout you know, these recent years and it feels like I need to start reflecting. I want my outfits reflect who I actually mm -hmm. am. So this is one thing I'm gonna do, one good thing I'm gonna do for the planet and for myself. <laughs> inspired yeah. by you thank you so much and i hope the listeners will follow the lead there were so many smart ideas to to grab so i i really hope and yeah if anyone who listens to us today or later on down the road implements something shared today please reach out to both of us either of us we're findable approachable on linkedin and share your story uh, thank you, Anna, so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes, share your pictures, your creations, your amending projects with us. Yeah, I would be really happy to see. Uh, check my tutorials if you're interested, my online course, and join my Facebook group as well. It's Slow Fashion Bus Dash Upcycle and Mend. Super. Thank you very much. And have a great evening. And all the best of luck with Slow Fashion Bus business so as always i appreciate so much you taking the time to listen to us today to to learn about upcycle mending slow fashion fast fashion and what we collectively and individually can do to uh, fix the problem with um, our wardrobes for the planet and ourselves i hope you got inspired you took some action points and are gonna act on them hopefully soon, reach out to, as I said, to me or Olesa on LinkedIn, on our websites. We'll be super happy to hear your stories, to get inspired from you. And I always suggest some other episodes uh, to go through, connected to, related to the topic that we have just discussed. So the first one is that the one I have already mentioned during the interview is the one with Claudia Sharakovsky called Sustainable Fashion, Where Are We Going? This was the first one where we scratched the surface of the problematic of fast fashion. And then another one was with uh, Diane Jenlin from Post Carbon Lab. The episode is called Your Clothes Can Breathe, if I'm not mistaken. It was a long time ago, more than half a year ago that we recorded. And yes, if uh, any other episode, topic, guest,
so to say, looks at you. You're more than free and welcome to listen to all the other episodes on this podcast. It's made for you uh, by the sustainability professionals working in various fields uh, and walks of life. In order for you to implement this advice and become more sustainable. Anyway, it was a real pleasure talking to you today, being with you all today. Until next Thursday, take care and be sustainable. Ciao, ciao.